0: Welcome back, this is Sam, and this is Kareen, and we are two OncDocs. This week's
1: episode, we are going to be focusing on hepatocellular carcinoma, also known as HCC. We're going to go over all the important details on assessing liver function, the staging of HCC, and local, regional, as well as systemic treatments for HCC. One thing to remember is that HCC has the highest global incidence of all solid tumors, And there's over 1 million deaths annually, and this is increasing. Prior to treatment, the most important thing that we need to know is the functional liver reserve and the performance status of our patients, as well as tumor burden.
0: Yes, so we're happy to have Sam, our local GI oncologist, tell us all about HCC today. So tell us, Sam, how do we calculate the functional liver reserve? So we utilize the child's P
1: score, and I remember the factors going that go into the child's P score with the acronym ABCDE. And so A stands for albumin, B stands for bilirubin, C is coagulation, which we check through INR. D stands for dullness or ascites. E is encephalopathy. And so there are points given for each of these variables. You add them together to get the final score. Um, And so a child's pew A is a score of 5 to 6. Child's pew B is a score of 7 to 9. And child's pew C is greater than 9. So for our boards, I really do feel like you need to have the child's pew score memorized or at least know well enough to decide if a patient is a child's pew A or a child's pew C as these really do guide our treatment options.
0: Absolutely. And it's important if you're a med student, resident, or fellow rotating on oncology and you get a consult for HCC, make sure that you calculate the Childs pew before you present the case um, because that will guide your management. And so tell us, how is HCC diagnosed? So ideally, cirrhotic patients will be undergoing
1: screening for HCC with ultrasounds every six months so we can catch this disease early on and offer them better management. Also, one caveat to remember, especially as you're going into your consult services and your boards, that this is one solid tumor that we do not always require a biopsy to diagnose. So a biopsy is necessary if, the, if there's a lesion concerning for HCC in a non-serotic liver, but a biopsy is not indicated if there is a serotic liver with a lesion greater than one centimeter and the two classic radiographic findings of arterial enhancement and venous washout on a triple-phase CT or an MRI. So if you have those classic radiographic findings and a lesion greater than a centimeter in a cirrhotic liver, you have now diagnosed HCC. You do not need to put a needle in the lesion.
0: This is a very unique feature of HCC in the sense that sometimes we do not need a tissue biopsy. Um, And so can you tell us how do we stage HCC? So
1: there are many staging systems for HCC, including the standard TNM staging that we utilize in many other solid tumors. But most commonly, we actually talk about the Barcelona staging system with HCC. It takes into consideration the disease burden the liver function, the performance status, and it guides our treatment options for HCC. You can look this up, the Barcelona staging system. It gives you a really nice um, graph to look at and the treatment and the diagnosis for HCC. And one important thing to note is that terminal stage D is end liver function and an ECOG status of three to four, in which case we recommend best best supportive care or hospice As the overall estimated uh, survival is approximately three months.
0: Definitely. And so how do we treat early stage HCC? So
1: we're going to talk about three treatments for early stage HCC and all of them have curative intent. So the first one is resection and the criteria for resection is having a solitary lesion There is no size cutoff as long as the future liver remnant is greater than or equal to 25 to 30%. You have to have a preserved liver function with normal portal pressure and bilirubin to be eligible for resection. And so they've also looked at the role of adjuvant systemic therapy following resection, and those trials were negative. So as of now, there is no role for adjuvant systemic therapy after resection. It's only close observation. That's a very testable point. The second treatment for early stage HCC is transplant. To be eligible for transplant, a patient must fall within Milan criteria, which is having a single tumor of five centimeters or less, or up to three tumors that are each three centimeters or less. No macrovascular invasion and no metastasis. Liver function for transplant eligibility does not matter because we'll be taking out that injured cirrhotic liver with HCC and putting a new liver in. If someone is listed for transplant and it's looking like it'll be many months before they get a liver, you can consider bridging therapies with liver-directed therapies to keep them within Milan criteria. Lastly, we have radiofrequency ablation, or RFA, for the treatment of early-stage HCC in lesions up to 4 centimeters that are not near a major vessel, and you have to have preserved liver function to be eligible for RFA.
0: Yeah, it's really important to know that we have all these options in early stage HCC with resection, transplant, RFA. And so this is why we have multidisciplinary liver conferences to be able to discuss the best option for each patient. And so when an HCC is advanced, so if it has Barcelona stage C with vascular invasion, lymph node positive disease or metastatic disease, how do we treat these in the frontline setting?
1: Prior to 2008, there was no effective systemic therapies for HCC. So this really is an exciting field that's happened in the past two decades. Prior to 2008, there was trials of chemotherapy, but unfortunately, they did not work. And so our frontline systemic therapy option for HCC starts with our now historic control arm for our newer studies, and that is serafinib. Serafinib was approved based on the SHARP trial, which was published in the New England Journal of Medicine in 2008. The SHARP trial is a phase three placebo control um, trial that looked at serafinib 400 milligrams twice a day. And what the results showed is that it provided about three extra months of overall survival compared to placebo. So that was 10.7 months with serafinib versus 7.9 months with best supportive care. Serapinib is approved for the use in advanced HEC with patients who have a child's P-score of A or B7. So this is one of the treatment options for patients with B7 that's important to note going into your boards. Up next, a decade later, we had the approval of Linvatinib, and this was approved based on the REFLECT trial, which was published in The Lancet in 2018. This was an open label phase three non-inferiority trial. And so it compared serafinib to linvatinib and they saw similar overall survival between the two drugs leading to the approval. Of note, linvatinib did show increased response rates as well as longer time to progression compared to serafinib. And so it is approved in the advanced setting in patients who are child's PUA. Yeah,
0: it's kind of crazy. When we started our Hemoc Fellowship, these were the ones that we had approved. Uh, we had serafinib, lumbatinib. And so what about regimens with advanced, in advanced HCC that contain immunotherapy? Definitely. So this is where things got exciting. So fast forward to
1: 2020, the IMBRAVE-150 trial, which was published in the New England Journal of Medicine while we were in training, and it led to the approval of combination immunotherapy targeted therapy with the drugs atezolizumab plus bevacizumab. This phase three trial looked at the combination of Atezobev compared to Serafinib, and what the results showed is a longer medium progression-free survival of 6.8 months versus 4.3 months, a higher response rate of 27% versus 12%, higher survival rates at each of their time stamps, and actually a prolonged quality of life with the combination of Atezobev compared to Serafinib. We do need to be aware of toxicity profiles for this this drug combination. So patients were excluded if they had autoimmune diseases, and also we need to be cognizant of significant bleeding risks with bevacizumab. And so patients have to undergo an EGD to diagnose and treat esophageal or gastric varices within six months prior to starting bevacizumab. This combination of a Tezabev is now approved in frontline setting for patients with advanced HEC and a child's P score of A. We also have the Himalaya trial, which was published in 2022, so just last year in the New England Journal of Medicine. And this led to the approval of combination immunotherapy, tremolumumab plus durvalumab. And this was a trial that compared the combination immunotherapy to serafinib. And what the results showed is a longer median overall survival, a longer median time to progression, and also prolonged quality of life. And so this regimen is approved for patients in, with a child's P-score of A. Lastly, we have the Cosmic 312 trial, which was another phase 3 trial. It looked at the combination of targeted cabozantinib, the TKI, with a tezolizumab and compared it to serafinib. It was a technically a positive trial by meeting their endpoint of prolonged median progression-free survival, but there was no difference in median overall survival. So as of now this has not been approved in the frontline setting.
0: Yeah, it's really important to know that the two immunotherapy-based regimens that are approved are only in child P A. And as Sam mentioned, with the Atezo Bev regimen, make sure that you do that EGD before starting treatment um, to evaluate for esophageal varices. And so you've covered all of the frontline treatment for advanced HCC. So what are the options in second and third lines of therapy?
1: Definitely. So subsequent lines of therapy for advanced HCC. So all of these trials were built for patients who had progressed on serafinib, our standard arm that we had for many years. And the first one is regorafinib. This was approved based on the resource trial that compared regorafinib to placebo. And we saw an improved median overall survival of about two months. So 10.6 months with regorafinib versus 7.8 months with placebo. Following that, we had Cabazantinib, which was approved based on the Celestial trial, and that looked at cabozantinib versus placebo, and we had similar median overall survival results as regrafinib with 10.2 months with cabozantinib versus eight months with placebo. Up next, we have the REACH trial, which led to the approval of ramucirumab in patients who progressed on serafinib but still had a child's P-score of A, as well as an AFP greater than 400 nanograms per milliliter. What we saw is a median overall survival benefit of about one month and a median progression-free survival benefit of about one month when compared to placebo. There also were keynote and checkmate trials that were positive in the phase two setting, leading to their FDA approvals because they showed durable response and survival of nivolumab with or without ipilimumab, as well as pembrolizumab in advanced HCC patients who were previously treated. Unfortunately, the lead up uh, phase three trials were negative. Both of these options are listed within the NCCN guidelines still, so I do want to make a mention of them.
0: Yes, definitely important to know these second-line options. We definitely were tested on these. We had a question on this on our ONC boards. So remember, regorafenib, cabozantinib, and then if the AFP is over 400, remosurumab. And so that was a wonderful overview. So Sam, what are our key takeaways for HCC? So our key takeaways, I really do think we need to know the child's P
1: scoring system when we walk into our boards. Also, one thing to note is that biopsy is not always indicated. If this is a cirrhotic liver with a lesion greater than one centimeter and both the arterial enhancement and the venous washout, you can just make the diagnosis of HCC without a biopsy. We do have three potentially curative treatment options for early stage HCC, and that is resection of a solitary tumor if you have preserved liver function. Transplantation, if a patient falls within Milan criteria, which is one tumor less than five centimeters or up to three tumors, each being less than or equal to three centimeters without macrovascular invasion or metastasis, regardless of liver function. And then also RFA in in patients with tumors up to four centimeters that are not located near a major vessel and they have preserved liver function. In the advanced setting for HCC, our first-line options for patients who are child's PUA is combination of atezolizumab plus bevacizumab, combination tremolumumab plus strevalumab, serafinib, which we can give to patients who are also child's pub 7 and linvatinib. In the subsequent line setting for advanced HCC, we have rigorafenib, cabizantinib, and ramucirumab if the AFP is greater than 400, as well as novolumab with or without
0: ipilimumab and pembrolizumab. So that was a great overview. Uh, As always, thank you for listening. Good luck with your studying. And please feel free to reach out to us with corrections or comments on our Instagram or Twitter to OnkDocs. Have a great week, guys.